Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. Am I on? There we are. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, man. Okay. 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 Hold up. Hold up. We just had potentially, and I might be a bit biased because I'm one of the lead pastors of this church, but we just had one of the most anointed worship moments that we as a church and probably that Adrian and I have ever been in ever, and that's the response I get. Church, how are you doing? Good Lord, I don't even know what took place. I have zero clue. Uh, I blacked out at some point and was just worshiping, and I woke up caught up in this mo. I was like, yes, Lord, amen, whatever, let's go. That was amazing. Can you make some noise for the worship crew one time? Oh, man. Um, one of my favorite parts about Takeover Church is that um, we have literally no right to be as awesome as we are. None whatsoever. None. Everything uh, like Adrian was talking about in, in offering, everything here at Takeover Church happens because of the generosity of others with their gifts, with their times, with their talents, with this building, with everything that we have made available to us. God just takes these things that we bring to him, and he makes it go farther than we ever could believe. And uh, it's, it's honoring, it's humbling, and I just can't believe the atmosphere that we have in church tonight. So just thank you guys for being here. And uh, have you enjoyed yourselves? Goodness, come on. Well, tonight... Contrary to church news, we are not kicking off a brand new series. We've been in the series for a week. Um, but if, if it didn't get uploaded in the podcast, did it really happen? I don't know. Um, that's an inside joke for anybody who follows along with the podcast that last week um, the podcast equipment failed us. Um, it happens. What do you do? But I do believe last week uh, God started something incredible in this church through this series, Firestarter. And so it's a, it's a real honor and privilege tonight to continue this series, but before we go any further, something that God has kind of laid on my heart was, I love what I love about Takeover Church. And if I don't think this is a culture that we have right now, um, but I love here at Takeover Church that we don't have to know the words of the songs to worship. We don't have to know the song to lift our hands. I can look around a little bit, and I know I'm kind of invading your privacy when I do that between you and the Lord, but I like to look around this room and we drop a new song like that one by Cody Carnes. Thank you, bro. Um, but we, we had this new song and I looked around and, and even if you didn't know it, it was new and it was fresh to this church, people were lifting their hands and they would get behind it and it was amazing. And I love that we also have a church here at Takeover where we just simply praise God for no other reason than the fact that he's God. Amen. I love that I can say, can we just make some noise for God and church erupts because he's good and he's worthy? Do you know how rare that is? Do you know how rare that is? That is a gift. That is a gem. That is something that I don't take for granted. That is something that is not missed on me. We live in a society where we make noises because of baby gagas. We get excited because we have a dog and it pees outside for the first time. We love just to stare into our husband or our wives or our girlfriend or our boyfriend's face and we just tell them that we pour our adoration on them. You're so beautiful. You're so awesome. You're so this. And we do all of these things because somebody does something for us. And yet in so many churches in America today, 
it is completely missed that he is worthy of praise because he gave us the spouse and he gave us the house and he gave us the finances and he gave us the kid and he gives us all these things that we love to adore and shout praises that he is worthy simply because he's God to make some praise for him. Amen. So would you just lift up a shout of praise to our God? Far out. I just feel like I can't lose right now. I just feel like I can't lose. What an incredible service we've had. I need a, I need a uh, swig of water real quick. I don't think I've ever used the word swig in my life till right now. Wow, I feel 50. Um, no offense to the 50-year-olds in the house. No offense, okay? Come on, coming up on that uh, that dirty 30 here soon, so I'm catching up. Um, shut up, Matt, move on. So tonight, we are continuing our series, Firestarter. Would you just tell your neighbor, Firestarter? Just say it. Feels good. We got a lot of arsonists in the building. We need to repent. Yeah, somebody's like, somebody's like, I really hope we're not going to start a fire up here. Like, we'll find out. Um, but tonight, yeah. So last week we had an incredible message, and I'm going to say that straight up. Um, it's not a humble. It's a humble brag for me. But I thought last week, uh, God really spoke last week to all of us and to myself. And um, whatever started, I can't wait to see it just continue, continue to envelop and engulf this city and engulf our relationships and our marriages. I just want to see everybody in this room and people who aren't in this room yet set ablaze by God. Amen. So we're going to continue this series tonight called Firestarter. And tonight, if you're taking notes from my note takers at, got a lot more note takers. Week after week, I love it. Nobody's on Dan's level yet, like we talked about last week with the, the notebook with the uh, sticker on it. But believing for some Christians to rise up. Take notes. It's good for your salvation. But tonight, the title of my message is this. Y'all ready? The title of my message is this. Last week, it was The Fire and the Hammer. This week, it is The Fire and the Desire. The Fire and the Desire. Let's go. Come on. And tonight, if you're taking notes as well, if you've got your Bible tonight, it's going to be up on the big screen. If you don't, no worries. Um, but we're coming out of 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Let me read, and we're going to get into it. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Somebody say living hope. Yeah, we don't have a dead hope. We have a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. Somebody say inheritance. That is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, through, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. That's a word for somebody right now. In this, rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that... Somebody say, so that. Come on. The tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through it. That, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Here we go. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. We're going to try our hardest tonight, God, but it is inexpressible and filled with his glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Does that sound good tonight? Fantastic. We're going to pray, and then we're going to see what God has for us. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come, that you would move. We trust you. We love you. 
We know that your word is a double-edged sword, God. We talked about it last week. Yeah, we're in church tonight. We're in here for heart surgery, God. Take that double-edged sword. Whatever it is, Father God, we just submit right now. We lay it down. We lay ourselves down. We open ourselves up. Why, God? And we say, whatever it is, God, if you see fit, move it. If you see fit, get rid of it. If you see fit tonight, cut it from us and take it from us, God. We want to be more like you, Jesus. God, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for everything you're going to do. In Jesus' my name of Faithful Church, said, amen. Some of y'all are like, that got kind of weird with the cut thing and the surgery. You need to chill out. But tonight, the fire and the desire. I love, I love that word. I love the word desire. Has anybody here ever desired something before? You know, your hand's not up, you're a liar. Your hand's not up, you're a liar. Desire. You know, last week we talked about the fire and the hammer. And we talked about how God is this all-consuming fire. And that there are some things in our life, there's been some words spoken over us, some words spoken to us, there's been some lies whispered in our ears, and we need the fire of God to burn those lies and those whispers from the enemy, from the pit of hell, away from us. And then the other side of that was the hammer. But there's some areas in our lives where we hear the hammer in church, we, we tend to think like, oh yeah, God, bring the hammer down on them, because we're sick people and we need to repent. But there's an area in a lot of our hearts that has been hardened, that has been made hard like a stone. Jeremiah 29, 23, 29 says, God is like a fire. His word is like a fire. And he is word, he is word. His word is like a hammer that breaks the rock. There are some areas that have been made hard, that have been turned to stone by years of abuse, by years of neglect, by years of people telling you the wrong things, the lies telling you there was a limit, there was a cap on who you are and who you could be. And God is saying there is no limit on you because there is no limit on me. And so last week, when we talked about the fire, and we talked about the hammer, tonight I felt it laid on my heart that we would talk about the desire. Because while he may have burned away some whispers and some lies, I feel like he really did something significant in this room last week. And while the hammer may have come down on some of us in that hard area of our hearts that we didn't want to address, that we just wanted to leave tucked away, the things that we don't talk about to people that we trust, the things that we keep on the inside of us, the things that we haven't even acknowledged, I believe he revealed it last week and he called it what it was, which was lies and death. And he began to revive that. And so I believe for us tonight, that our heart has been made clear, that we have made an altar on the inside of us. If you don't know what an altar is, it's what we used to have to do to get to God. We have to burn something, amen. We have to set some things on fire in order to interact with our God. But thank you to Jesus, he came, so we no longer have to. He defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave, amen, to make a way to you and to me. And so I believe last week in our hearts, God cleared the way in that altar. He cleared a way for something new to burn so that you could be made new, so that your neighbor could be made new, so your marriage could be restored, so that your work could be restored, so things around you and on the inside of you could be cleared the way for a new fire to burn. But that got me questioning. For some of us tonight, do we allow God to do a new thing in our lives last week for his purpose? Or do we allow God to do a new thing in our lives last week so we could do our own thing? 
I think once we got rid of the lies, we got rid of the hard parts in our hearts. I think once we threw those things away and said, God, no more, I want you. It's easy to wake up Monday morning and start thinking about how you're going to get yours and you're going to be back on the ground. My question for us tonight is, what's your motivation? What's your motivation? God has it on our lives that we are starting a fire. He has called us all fire starters. We talked about it last week. God has called every single one of us. There's something on the inside of you that is waiting to ignite. You've got the gifts. You've got the talents. You've got the charm. You've got the wit. You've got the charisma. Some of you got the money. You've got all of these things, and we have acknowledged it as much. I got the charm. I got the charisma. I got the swagger. Some of us tonight, you've got it all. You're what we call the total package. And some of us, we have to start asking ourselves the question, what is our motivation? What is our desire? Are we asking God to start a fire? Some of us tonight, can I be honest tonight? You're like, yeah, go ahead. Thanks. Good response. Thank you. But can I be honest tonight? Some of us tonight, I'm wondering, do we want to be set free for our own goals? And for our own situation, for our own hopes, and our own dreams, and our own desires? Or do we actually want to be set free so that we can see God do what he wants to do in and through our lives? Because on the inside of us tonight, I'm looking all around this room, and I see some Christians in here. Is there anybody that's been saved by Jesus? I see some Christians in here tonight. God, he is saying, you've got all the tools. You've got all the ingredients for a God-sized combustion to come about in your life. Is there anybody in here tonight that wants to see their lives set ablaze for the glory of God? Then it's got to start with our motivation. Is that good? One of the things I was thinking about desire. No, desire. What are they truly? I think we started to get a little introspective. We got inside of ourselves a little bit. We got with the Holy Spirit. We had a little party on the inside of us. And we asked him, we said, God, what is on the inside of me that isn't really going your direction, isn't really going your way? And we're not talking about the heart issues last week. I'm talking about the desires that we still have. The I'm going to get mine, the I'm going to get mine, the I'm going to get the house, and I'm going to get the girl, and I'm going to get the guy, and I'm going to get the things, and things are going to be great. I'm talking about this because, friends, here's the thing. The simple matter is that you have a call of God on your life. You have a destiny, you have a dream, you have a hope, you have a future. You have all of these things that God put on the inside of you from day one. And by the way, day one didn't start at conception. Day one started in a place called heaven where he numbered the hairs on your head. He ordered your days and he called you his child. Some of us need to get this on the inside of us tonight. There's a revelation that you and I need to receive in this moment tonight is that you are believed in. I think what God's asking this church to start to believe, this girl and this guy, everybody in here tonight, he's asking you and I to believe and get this revelation like a tattoo on our soul tonight, is that we would begin to believe in ourselves the way that God has chosen us, the way that God has believed in us. In here tonight, some of you think that you are just a wasted bag of skin, just made to exist, going from breakup to breakdown. That is not your call. That is not your gift. That is not the inheritance that Peter was talking about to his church. That is not for you. We do not exist from build up to breakdown. No, no, no. We go from glory to glory. Amen. So some of us tonight, we need to get this revelation that God, he came for dead things, but not to leave them dead. He came to make them alive. 
Tonight, God has called you. He has numbered your steps. He has ordered your days. He has a plan for your life. And if we're going to get this thing right, we've got to change some desires. Because if the desire for the fire begins and ends with ourselves, friends, the fire will begin and it will die with ourselves. If the desires for the fire to burn, for what God has for our lives, for our call, for our destiny, for these things that he has put on our lives, the gifts and the talents on the inside of you that may have been dormant, and maybe you haven't known, or maybe they have kept you up late at night and you've been wondering, how am I going to accomplish this? God, you have just given me such a dream. It's so big. God, without you, it would fail. Has anybody had that thought, had that dream, had that moment? It is not too late. I want to speak hope and destiny into your lives right now. It is not too late. But if we don't get our desires correct, it will simmer and it will sizzle. Come on, friends. Tonight, God is saying he wants to start a fire on the inside of you that will not sizzle, that will not simmer, that will not go out. Because when God starts something, he finishes it. Amen. Fire that he starts doesn't go out because a job closes. Fire that he starts doesn't go out because one door closes. A fire that he starts doesn't get smolder because somebody next to you tries to throw water on it. Because a loan doesn't come through. Because the avenues in which you're trying to accomplish your dreams and your goals because it doesn't seem like it's working out and you feel like you're spinning your tires. When God starts a fire, it don't stop, baby. He says he's the author and the finisher of our faith tonight. I'm a preaching to anybody in here. Man, he wants to start a fire. But he is asking you, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? You know, the funny thing is about call. Some of us tonight were young, and so we know verbiage like texting. Anybody, anybody a big texter in here? If anybody honest tonight, who loves texting more than a phone call? Put your hand up. Like if your preference would be, please text me. I'm not really trying to be on the phone for 30 minutes. Anybody in here? Funny thing about God, he understands that about you. But the Lord never sends a text. He always gives a call. Amen. God always gives a call. There's some young people in here tonight that are looking at me like, no, 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 just text me. Just text me. I don't want to be on the phone. I don't want to have to get away. I can do it when I'm talking to people. I can do it while I'm driving. Don't do it. Like, we ask for a text from God all the time. But the funny thing is, God is going to call you. And then when he calls you, he doesn't send you a reminder text. He, remind, he sends you a reminder test. Wait, what? We don't like tests. We got out of school as quickly as we could. We did as much as we could to accomplish what we wanted to do. We don't like tests. The Lord knows that. But he also knows that the only way to get God's best is to go through God's tests. Some of us, should I say that again for the people in the back? Sometimes to get God's best, we've got to go through God's tests. The only way to God's best is to go through God's tests. Amen? Man, there are things in this life that we have thought, man, I'm feeling a lot of opposition I'm feeling a lot of competition. I'm feeling like there's a lot of friction coming my way. I feel like there's a lot of heat coming my way every single time. If I could be honest with you tonight, I think there's some people in this church that, you know what, last week we had that incredible moment in service where we cleared the way for the altar to have a new fire and to new you and a new burn to happen. We had that moment, and you actually woke up. You picked your head up in the morning on Monday, and you said, I'm going to dare to believe. I'm going to dare to dream. I'm going to believe and trust God today with my marriage, my finances, with whatever it is. We had that moment. And then somewhere around noon, we had a bad phone call at work. We had a bad interaction. We talked to our spouse and the things weren't, weren't better. We had a moment where we woke up so full of faith, so ready to trust and believe. And immediately, 
we felt opposition. We felt, we felt some friction. And as Christians, we love to blame anything hot on the devil, don't we? We love to blame anything that has even the slightest warmth on the devil. Oh, it's getting hot in here. It must be hell. Or Nelly. For those of us who know. But for some of us tonight, we have felt the friction. And when the friction came, we bowed our heads. We bend our knee. We submit to the friction. We believe it's the enemy. And we just get fed up. We were like, man, Matt preached passionately. The worship was so good. I felt the, the goosebumps happen. I thought this was my moment. I thought this was my day. And Tuesday came and it squashed every semblance of faith, every semblance of trust, everything I dared to dream. It all came crumbling down with one interaction, with one moment, with one day full of maybe a few different interactions. And you felt like you were right back that Sunday morning before that Sunday night service last week. Friends, can I tell you tonight it takes fire to start a fire? Can I tell you tonight that it takes friction to create a spark? That sometimes I believe God is in heaven and he is going, wake up! The friction isn't coming from the pits of hell. The enemy has been defeated and death couldn't hold me down. I am coming for you and I have a plan and a purpose for your life, but you're going to have to go through some things so that we can see it come to pass. You're going to have to go through some things in this life. I'm not saying, listen here, listen here. Friction always comes from God. Opposition always comes from the enemy and there's a huge difference. Some of us say that when we feel friction, we start feeling like it's the gates of hell coming up on our back, but we know the gates of hell cannot stand against his church. Friends, for some of us tonight, when we feel warmth, we got to start believing it's God. We got to start saying, God, what is it in this moment and in this season you need me to learn? What is it you're trying to draw out of me? What is your best? God, friends, tonight God is trying to draw out his best out of you so you can experience his best in this life and in the next. There is something that he is trying to start in every single one of us, and it is going to take friction. Some of us tonight, we want the call, and we want the glam, and we want the glory. We want all of these things that come with starting what God has called you to start. We want the shine that comes from being close to the fire of God. We want it. I'm not blaming you for it. You're human. And the cool thing is God's not blaming you for it either because he wants to use you with all of your past with all of your history, there is nothing in your life that can control or delete his destiny from you tonight, church. He wants to use you with all of your flaws, with right where you are, and he wants to bring about those things and pull them out of you so you can be the supreme object that he went to the cross so that you could be, for the potential that he called you to be. Not man-given potential, but heaven-ordered potential. You have a God-sized destiny on your life. And when you go through some things, we got to quit blaming the devil because not all of it is him. There is some opposition that he will come, but the opposition is not God's friction. Opposition is from the enemy, but God's friction is saying, if you feel the warmth, it's not hell creeping up behind you. It is God coming alongside you. He's trying to draw out these things from you. Peter, he's telling his church, which same thing I believe God's telling us in this verse. He's saying, yeah, we're going to get back to Scripture now. He's telling him, he's going, what a time to be alive, fam. Somebody said, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. He is telling him, what a time to be alive. That Jesus would come. 
that we would have the ability to realize our God-given potential. And he's gathering his church and he's saying, I know opposition is coming. I know people are saying things about you. I know there's whispers around town about you. I know things aren't going your way. Your car got a flat tire on the way to church. It must be the devil. There's these things going on. I know in your life it feels so immediate, but if you could just step back and see it from God's platform. If you could just step back and Peter says this. He says, you have a call on your life. You have a destiny on your life. And friends, you might feel like the enemy's trying to soil it, but it is undefiled. You might feel like the gates on your destiny, on your call, have been breached, that you failed so miserably you could never rise back up. But Peter is saying, it remains guarded. Some of us tonight, we have whispered these same things. We don't even choose to voice them to somebody that we trust. These are things that we believe on the inside of us. And God's tests are designed to draw out our motivation so that we can change them, so that he can mold them, so that we can make his desires our desires, friends. We don't have to worry that the call has been squandered. We don't have to worry that God's birth for us, his plans for us have been wasted. There is not a single thing that you or I could do again that could control all delete for the young people in here. His plan for your life. We can't erase it. We can't disappoint him. He is so emphatically in love with you. There's some Christians in here tonight. You were looking at me so defeated. You were looking at me like, prove it. I don't have to prove it to you. God already did. When he sent Jesus Christ to go on the cross, he sent himself and his son. It's a crazy one in three, three in one trinity kind of situation. It was the only way for you to have the cap and the limitations removed off of your life. I don't have to prove it to you. God already did in the person of Jesus Christ on that cross. Amen. Friends, he's got more for you. And let me tell you this. When our desires through our breakthrough. So many of us, we have prayer requests every Sunday. God, give me breakthrough. I want to see deliverance in this. I want to see financial blessing in this. I want to see you come through in this. I want to see you do this and do this and do this. When those desires, this is a hard, hard scalpel to understand, but God is trying to delicately deliver it to you tonight. When those desires for breakthrough begin and end with our lives, that is the furthest that they will go. But when we have a prayer request, he says, God, I need you to bring peace to my family. Why? Because what we are experiencing right now, Father, is so devastating. It's so dark. I don't. I can barely breathe a breath of hope. It's taking everything in me right now just to write down this prayer request, just to speak this aloud to you right now, God. And God is saying, if you would begin to pray that prayer a little bit differently, pray that prayer a little bit differently, God, move in my family so that others can see you move. God, move in my finances so that somebody else can be lifted up because of it. Bless me, God, so that it can go through me, God. Move in my daughter and in my finances and in my personal health and whatever it is. Move in this situation so that people would know that you're here and that you're alive and that you're relevant and you care, God. What happens when that fire begins to burn? But it's not so that it begins and ends with us, but it's so it can pass through us and to our neighbors so that we can be the light that ignites somebody else's life so that we can be the light that shines a light into somebody else's life, and God can begin to light up their darkness. What happens, church? We've already got the guarantee. We have nothing to lose here. He is saying, your call is un." 
undefiled. It is undefeated. You cannot lose here. So why not begin to trust him? Like we sang earlier, trust you in the process. So many of us, we hate that word. We hate process. We don't want to go through processes. We absolutely hate it. I don't want to have to fill out this resume. I don't want to have to fill out this application. I don't want to have to go through all my job history. I don't want to have to wait for this and wait for that and go to this meeting so I get to this meeting and do this. We hate processes. But what if I told you God's providence is only found in the process? What if I told you tonight that Peter is saying the genuine tested, right here, tested the genuineness of your faith more precious than gold. Gold perishes. But what's inside you? It can be tested by the fire, but may be found in the salt and praises and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Right here, ready for He says, Do you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with joy, obtaining? Somebody say, obtaining! Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. How good is that? Is there anybody tonight that wants to obtain what God has for you? Are you tired of spinning your wheels, going around in a circle, getting nowhere? He's saying you can. But it's going to take being tested for Adrian and I. We started this church. This church has a heck of a story. It's a beast of a burden. There's some crazy things that have happened in this church so far. And God has seen us through every single time, but it took obedience. And I'm not telling you that to big up our own selves because it was hard and it was full of dark moments and doubt. And we doubted the call and we doubted God and we doubted ourselves and we doubted everything that he said. Right when we started this church, there was eight people that left the church that we were with. Not in a bad way. We were you know, released and, and called and, and sent out. It was great. But they, they went with us. Eight people. Okay? Not in a matter of months. Not in a matter of years, in a matter of weeks, every single one of them, their faith began to be tested. Their commitment began to be tested. The second something was asked of them, they started to waver. Something made them uncomfortable, they started to waver. Suddenly, in a matter of weeks, the people who said, who spoke hope into our dreams, we're going to go with you, we're going to see this happen. God is going to take over Grand Rapids, let's go! Couple by couple. They left. Because for them, God began to test them. Their test ended up becoming our test. Their uncomfortability, how much are you willing to go with Matt and Adrian when they say they want to run into the darkest cemeteries in Grand Rapids and see dead people come alive? When they say they want to go to the southeast side of Grand Rapids? When they want to start in a boys and girls club of America? When they want to go deeper into the things of God and the Holy Spirit? When they actually want to believe in gifts? Their faith was tested. Their call was tested. The dream was tested and couple by couple and one by one, they left. And it was in that moment that Adrienne and I were tested. Church, what happens when the people who believe in your dream leave your life? What happens to your faith? What happens to your fire? What happens to your passion? When the people who are going to financially back you up, they're going to co-sign on your house. They're going to co-sign your assignments. What happens when they fade away, when they pull back, when their commitment to you and to God and to the call isn't what they spoke in the beginning? What happens to your faith when it's tested? 
It's funny when other people's tests can become your tests, huh? Wild when somebody else's failure can become your test, huh? These are moments that we will all experience as we are beginning to chase after what God has for us, friends. I'm going to tell you that God's honest truth, man. And finances went, families went, single people went. When our first interest party had like 30 some people in that mug, and the next one it was like six. It was heartbreaking. It was devastating. And to be honest with you, I can only stand up here now because of it. I failed that test. I failed that test. I made rash decisions. I made decisions out of fear and out of worry and out of heartache. And the simple truth, I can say all of those words and you'll empathize with me. But at the end of the day, I didn't trust God in my process. It was a test. And he was trying to draw something out of me. And I failed it. And it was only out of incredible individuals coming alongside me, believing in me, that when others left and ran, they just started blowing on the coals of that fire on the inside of me. And it reignited out of that trust and out of that hope. Eight individuals who are now the pillars of this church who hold it up, our core team, started to breathe hope. It's not even in my notes tonight, but man, who's around you to breathe hope into you? Who's around you to speak hope into dead dreams? You got to get some Christians alongside you. Sunday is not enough. You got to get a you know, boys and a babe crew, and you got to go through some things with some people who can uphold your chin and say, keep your eyes towards the sky. God is coming. He is on his way. Y'all mind if I read another piece of scripture? Is this helping anybody? Come on. Right here. Proverbs 17.3. It's going to be up on the big Bible. I love this scripture. This should be a revelation to some of us tonight, if not all of us. Right here it is. Proverbs 17.3. Here's David. He says, The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests the heart. I'm going to read it again because it was short and it was sweet, but it's so good. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord test the heart. If you don't know what a crucible is, who knows what a crucible is? Not the movie. You don't need to see that. Don't watch it. It's bad. Repent now, even for thinking about it. The crucible is terrible, okay? But a crucible is where the lesser metals go. It's where the silver goes. It's where the cobalt goes. It's where the nickel goes. It's where the nickel back goes. It's where the pennies and copper go. Tell the truth and shame the devil tonight. Come on. Somebody's here like, I like nickel back. We'll, we'll pray later. It's fine. But the crucible is a smaller fire where lesser metals are. These things that we spend so many things talking about desire, these things that we chase, silver, gold. It's silver, it's cobalt, and it's nickel, and it's probably the American dollar. The dollar and the dream. Here they go. The crucible. And then David says, and then you know, for gold, the richest thing on earth. What all of our finances and kingdoms and governments are fixed on, the reason the world spins to so many people, that goes in a furnace so the impurities can be drawn out. So it can be that's worth more than most people in this room are making in a life. 
King David says, but for the human heart, for your call, for your dream, for the hope and the glory placed on the inside of you for what God wants to do through you? How much more of a consuming fire, more than a crucible and more than a furnace is our God? That's not a bad thing. God is not hell. Tests may feel like hell, but it's not. It's actually a pathway to heaven. How much more of an all-consuming, blazing, rapid, engulfing fire, uncontrollable only by himself, is God? That's a good word for somebody tonight, because here's the thing. When God challenges our desires, he's going to give you better. I don't gotta have a good quip. I don't have a good, good I don't have to have a good great one-liner that's tweetable, that's quotable. No, no, no. Some of us tonight, we just gotta understand that when friction comes in our lives, when the friction comes and it gets heated and it gets warm, more often than not, it is not the pit of hell coming against you. There is a warmth surrounding you that is both guarding your call and guarding your destiny and guarding your marriage and guarding your single season and guarding your hope and your future. You might feel aimless. You might feel like there's friction around you, that you are swimming, that you have no idea how you're going to catch your next breath. You feel overwhelmed and overcome, but God is saying, I've got you. It is guarded, even when you can't see it, even when you can't dream it. That hope and that dream, it is guarded. But it's guarded by an all-consuming fire that, you know what, you're going to have to go through some things. When God asks you to go without, it's not so you would lose. It's not so that you would have less. It's not that you would be less off or better off than somebody else. When God says go without, it's so that you can go with God. In the middle of that fire, when he is burning those things up, and it takes some grit to get through it, and it takes some determination to get through it, and it takes some hard work to get through it, Sky and Shandy being on two different continents and two different hemispheres in order to obtain the marriage and the glory that God has for him. It's going to take some determination to God's word that he spoke to you. It's going to take commitment to the dream. God has a God-sized destiny on every single life in here. Worship TV can make your way up here. God has a God-sized destiny. And whenever God asks us to go with God, it's so that we can go with God. He doesn't see your He doesn't see your life as less than silver. So don't live your life trying to obtain it. He doesn't even see your life as as much as gold. So don't spend your life trying to obtain it. I don't know what's happening. Something, though. He sees you so worthy in what he's put on the inside of you. He wants to do a new thing in and through your life. He has a hope and he has a future, friends. But it can only be attained when you go through the process and when you go through the test. And truth be told, because I've been there, 
Some of us are going to fail some of those tests. But it's called still there. Your worth is still there. He is not moved by your failures. Your worth isn't changed by when you don't measure up because God in heaven measured down to you in the person of Jesus Christ and he sees you as his son. There's hope. There's fire. And there's desire. And God is desiring for you and for me to make it through the test to put our hands to the plow one more time. He's already set you free last week from so many chains. There's so much hurt and so much past and so many things that have kept you held down. And tonight he's saying, I'm going to test you. I'm going to call you and then I'm going to test you. But my test is always to get my best. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to go without. And you're going to have to get creative. And you're going to get be faithful. And you're going to have to trust me in the middle of it. But I promise you, it may not be a safe journey, but it's going to be a safe arrival. You may feel some warmth. But it's not hell. I've already put that sucker in his place. I've already told him, hands off the merchandise. I purchased her. I purchased him. The warp that you're feeling, the friction that's around you, the opposition. God's saying, I put that devil in his place with the person of Jesus Christ. Don't fall for his lies. Don't fall for his temptation. You had a week where he drew something out of you and he set you free. Let your desires be for him to shine a light in your life, to shine a light in your neighborhood, to change this city, to change the world. Matt, that's wild. There's freaking 30 of us in here. Change the world. Yeah. He did it with 12 fishermen. The kid from Grand Rapids. I'm one year into my marriage. All of these things that we like to say to disqualify ourselves. The devil doesn't even have to try to defeat you. You've already put yourself in that place. He's saying you are the light of the world. Not just the light of Grand Rapids. Not just the light of Boston Square and of Madison Heights and of Alger Heights. You're not just the hope of East Town. You are the light of of the world and he was waiting for some Christians tonight to believe in yourself as much as he believes in you to qualify yourself as much as he has qualified you to take him at his word tonight check your desires at the door because when they begin and end with you they die with you but he's got a fire somebody's got a fire he's got a fire tonight and he's ready to start in and through every single one of us. I need everybody in here to stand up right where you are. Every single one of us to stand up all around this building. There's every head bowed and every eyes closed right now. Come on. You know when something's broken, like in your body? 
when something breaks, it starts to swell, and it starts to get warm. That warm is so that it can heal. That swelling is so that it can heal. God designed your bodies that inflammation would come so that completion can happen, so that restoration can happen. And it's like that in so many areas of our lives as well. There's desires on the inside of us that fall short of what God has spoken. There's desires on the inside of us that fall short of what God has said over your lives. Some of those desires may not even be wrong. They might just be limited. And God is saying to you, dream a little bit bigger. Ask for a little bit more. Fast for a little bit longer. Give a little bit more. Wait a little bit longer. He is welcoming us into this place where he is the beginning and ending, the author and finisher of your faith. Are you going to allow circumstances tonight to finish you off? Are you going to allow closed doors when he says your call is guarded to remain closed? Or are you going to go with God in this next season of your life? Are you going to say, pass me the flamethrower Jesus because I'm ready to go. I'm ready to dream. I'm ready to come alive again. I'm ready to wake up. I'm ready to see you who you are, Jesus, and to see myself for what you said I can be and I begin to renew that hope in my life. Right now, if you're comfortable and if you're not comfortable, Right where you are. If you're ready to take that next step. If you're ready to say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. You're in this place right now. Maybe it's your first time saying this or your 15th time. However many times. It doesn't really matter. God wants to become your Savior right now. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's judging. Nobody's talking. If you in here right now want to commit your life for the first time or for the last time, come on. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's judging you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there another hand? Awesome. Is there anybody in here tonight that you want to begin to succeed at the test that God has for you? If you are in here tonight and you would say, God, I want to change my desires. I submit my will right now to your will. I submit my plan right now to your plan. Is there anybody in here right now? That is feeling led. There's something on the inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. But to make you feel comfortable, I'm going to say something. There's something on the inside of you right now that is tugging at your heart. That, yeah, I need to change the desires of my life. I need to lay them down because God has got a crown of glory for your head. He has got a hope and a future for you. And it is so much better than you think it is. It's so much better than you've dreamed for yourself. If that's you right now and you want to resubmit your desires so that you can truly become that fire star that God's called you to, would just raise your hand right now? There's hands up all over this place. If you're not getting your hand up and you want to, this is your moment. This is your moment. All right. Remember earlier when I said whether you're comfortable and or uncomfortable? God isn't concerned with your comfortability. Some of us have remained comfortable, and that's part of the problem. We're going to keep our, we're gonna keep our heads down, probably not our eyes closed for this part, but we're going to keep our heads down. If you're in this place and you want to renew those desires, would you just begin to make your way down here to me? I just want to pray over you right now. If that's you, come on. 
You just raised your hand when nobody was looking. Now I want you to walk up here while God is seeing you, while God is calling you. There is more available to you. We're not going to make it weird. We're not going to pull out no modesty blankets. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do his thing, but I'm just going to pray over you right now. Is there anybody else? This is your moment. I believe God is calling you. I believe there's at least two more people in this place that need to come down here right now. There's no judgment. We're all going. You're not alone. There are brothers and there are sisters and there are people around you right now. We're saying, God, we are laying down our desires for your plan. There they are. I knew it. Awesome. Jesus, I just thank you for every single person in this room right now. And I thank you for every single person that just recommitted their lives to you or gave them to you for the first time. We know there's a party in heaven happening. And right now, God, there is a crowd of witnesses. Your Bible says that there is a great cloud of witnesses spurring us on to good works, God. And so right now in this moment, we are submitting our desires to you, our own wills, God. However falling short they might be or how... For some of us, God, maybe we haven't been dreaming high enough or bigger enough, God. So right now, we just pray this over every single person right now. We say, God, renewed hope and renewed dreams and renewed, God, just perseverance for the race ahead, God. A new desire and a new flame given to all of us tonight, God. God, we ask for a hope and for a future, God. Asking you to begin to move us, Jesus. We lay it down to you right now. We lay down doubt. And we lay down fear. And we lay down any, any anxiety or worry that's holding us back, God. And we give you our dreams. And we give you the people we hold close, God. And if they fall away, they fall away. But we're going with you, Jesus. You still called us whether they go with us or not. We lay down anxiety. And we lay down addiction. And we lay down past transgressions that we've held against people. And we lay down hurt, God. Hurt that you hate and you know how much is hurt us, God, but you're calling us right now. If our desire is going to be pure, if we're going to finish the race well, if we're going to hear good and faithful servant, we lay down the hurt, God, so we can move unhindered. We lay down any prerequisites, God, that we need from you. You've done enough in Jesus. Our hope is in you and you alone right now, King Jesus. God, we lay down what's going on inside of us right now. There is no hurt and there is no shame, God. Your light is too good. It's too warm. It's too welcoming, God. You are welcoming us in right now, God, without the hurt to be unhindered. There's no chains in your love, God. There's no change in chains in your welcoming place, God. We lay it all down. Use us, God. Right now, Jesus, we are just thanking you for God-sized destinies. We thank you for a reach. We thank you for the ability, God, to be a light in the darkness, though, though some may not understand it, though some may want to cast us out, though some may want to call us heretics, God. We want to be like Jesus and run to those far from you, God, and be that warmth and that hope and the never-ending love of Jesus. God, we lay down any hurt and all of our past, and all of the things that we don't understand, all of the whys, all of the hows could this be? God, right now, we just thank you for your love and your joy and your sweet and tenderness that just comes with your son, Jesus. 
We thank you for the warmth of your Holy Spirit, God, that can turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh, able to breathe and be and be all that is called to be, God. We thank you for strong marriages. And we thank you for we thank you for anniversaries, God. We thank you, God, that anniversaries are a recommitment, God, saying our next 10 are going to be our best 10. Our next 40 is going to be our best 40. Our next 30 is going to be our best 30, God. We thank you, God, that we're going to begin to be more intimate. We're going to lay down the shallow hurts of our past, God. We're going to lay down any arms we have raised against our mate, God. And we are going to begin to thrive and to live and to breathe and dream again in our marriage, God. And we're going to take hold of that peace. That goes beyond all understanding. God, we just thank you, Jesus, for healing right now in wellness entering bodies, God, and an unhindered spirit coming on that we get to live and we get to run, God, not just walk and not just strut and not just pace, but we get to run with a God-sized swagger that says, devil, it's guarded. Our hope and our future and our peace, it's guarded. Get behind me, Satan. My God has plans. And we just thank you for favor, God. And we thank you for finances, God. And we thank you, God, as we renew our hopes and we renew our dreams and we renew our destinies, God, and our marriages, God. We say thank you, God, for your favor. And we say, devil, favor ain't fair when we are a king and we are a queen and we are a child of the Most High, God. And any other thing that I've missed tonight, God, I thank you that you are filling in the gaps with grace right now, Jesus. And you are encouraging all of us, God, to run the race, God, that you have set before us. This altar is full, and we ask that it be set ablaze again. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it tonight, amen. Amen. Do we want to be filled up tonight? Then we're going to sing right now. We're going to sing that. You know what? Fill us up, God, till we overflow. When we overflow, those old desires, that old nature, that old destiny, those limitations, they pour right out of us and back on the floor because you got more for us, Jesus. Amen?